about the business. Great. So, so we're back with another episode. <laughs> another episode. <laughs> ramblings, ramblings episode too. <laughs> Just ramblings. So it's going to be a short one, yeah. shortish, twenty-five minutes. We've yeah. already set the timer, and the topic for this week is, is... received wisdom. Mm. So I suggested this one, and I guess I wasn't actually sure what it was called when I said I th- first said is it perceived wisdom, received wisdom. Yeah. And uh, so I looked it up. It's received wisdom, perceived wisdom, uh, conventional wisdom, yeah. or. Old wives' tales. Okay, right. You know, and it's basically it's basically things that have been uh, advice or information that's been passed on over the years by word of mouth that everyone assumes to be true, mm-hmm. but isn't. Okay. You know? Yeah. So I guess the one that came to mind first for me, and I and I think uh, this was, I, this might have been one of the first ones that you saw when you researched it was the idea of wet hair. Oh right, you know, yeah, wet be, hair. If you mm. go out with wet hair, or you go to bed with wet hair, wet hair you, yeah. did I say wet hair? I, I said wet hair. I, I, I think I did too. Uh, <laughs> when your hair is wet, uh-huh. <laughs> the thing about wet hair. Uh, no, it, don't we always wait? Is it a thing that Irish people add in ages? Or uh, I think it's added. Add in, I was in talking to somebody about it today yeah. that I was doing it to the extent that I refer to it as Thailand. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, I do that too. Like yeah. a land of size. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't it in a way? It is a bit. <laughs> it's not 100% wrong. Yeah, that's so funny because as I, I luckily said wet hair quite quite quietly there, yeah, but yeah. I realised as I, I said, I just exactly. said wet. I said, well, I said exactly. Or did I hear you and assume it was yeah, me? Maybe, yeah. um, but, um, so wet hair. Yeah. Wet hair and going to bed with wet hair uh, or going out with wet hair is going to... Give you a cold. Have you heard that? Did you believe I heard it? That. Yeah, and it was actually my granny who would right. have told yeah. that, me that in the first place. And yeah, I would have always thought it. And I think that my mother probably still thinks that's true. Yeah. And maybe there's a part of me that still thinks it's true. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I did believe it. Mm-hmm. Only because I didn't really have any reason to question it. And I could kind of see this weird little connection to it where you kind of go, right, if you're cold, and, yeah. you know, would that do something? Would that lower your immune system if you're physically cold? Yeah. Or would it, you know, but, you know, I don't think it's... So it's, it's definitely it's not definitely true. It's definitely not true. Okay, no, it's not right. true. So that, no. because like a cold and a flu, I suppose they're viruses. So yeah, they're yeah. not They're not dependent on temperature. They, yeah. You know, they, but then I suppose, yeah, you think that maybe it would... Maybe, yeah, it would somehow weaken your immune system or lower your immune system. I don't know how. Though. I don't think it, it would lower it enough sorry. to allow you to become, to get a cold noticeably quicker than. Yeah. Because if you're so, exposed to a, a cold virus, it doesn't matter if your hair is dry. Yeah. The virus doesn't know. Yeah, that's Your true. body doesn't really know that your hair is wet. It just knows that you're cold. Yeah, that's so, the thing. You know. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of tied in with the whole idea that you get a cold from, be, from the cold. From being whereas, cold. Yeah, yeah, they shouldn't have called it a cold. Yeah, that's the thing. I remember, should, the fir- I remember the first time I got a cold during the summer. And I thought, what? What is going like, on here? I actually was it's like, what has happened to the universe? <laughs> Like are, whatever I've got now, they're going to name it after me because <laughs> yeah. I am the first to have this. The Lorraine. Yeah. But um, yeah, I really thought that I thought that was true. So yeah, yeah. that's a, that's your number right, one. We can, so. That was the first one. Okay, I, that, yeah. that was when I think of received wisdom. That's, that's the one that comes one. to mind yeah. as, as the first one. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Um, so now my one then, and actually I was going to ask you what is the difference between received and perceived because I was I looking this up last one. night and then I thought oh no have I done the wrong one but I think they're <laughs> the same thing they are basically yeah. the same thing, so yeah. mine is more so this is more like kind of a fact I think that is sort of generally okay. thought of as true but apparently it's not really that the Great Wall of China can be seen from space with the naked eye I've heard this and even when I was a kid hearing this I was going but isn't the Great Wall of China like if you're looking at it from above it's it's like a narrow road yeah. 
how can that Anything. be visible? Yeah, that's the thing. You know? Yeah, but apparently, so it's often cited as the only human-made structure visible from space, but it's not visible from low Earth orbit without magnification, and then only then can be seen under perfect conditions. And it was actually China's own astronaut Yang Lewi, I think, said that he <laughs> Yang <could> Lewi. Lewi. Lewi Wang. So he said he was the first person to say, um, "I can't see this." <laughs> Where is it again? <laughs> After that, then there was even talk about rewriting textbooks right. that espouses the theory. So, but you know, did I, I? I did see this when I was looking through. I didn't look beyond the first paragraph of the thing. But it was, I think somebody had said uh, somebody had imagined it would be because it was so big and impressive mm. that it would be visible from space. This was before anyone had gone into space, okay, right. and I think that's what pers- persisted. Oh, okay, you know, right. Know, so somebody, so. It was so somebody just assumed it that everyone yeah. was like that's a yeah, fact yeah probably is you know I've heard that you know nobody's been up there to check but <laughs> yeah. apparently you that's know. hilarious because yeah. like that was a, a big thing for a long time oh, yeah. like, you can see it from space you can see it from space I guess you could probably like from low earth altitude or something like that you could probably trace it because it's yeah. so long and so big you might be able to find this long continuous line yeah but again but, even apparently then you have to like keep magnifying it yeah and so yeah and apparently there are roads that are more visible and stuff like that right too, okay so. yeah okay oh, so that, that was my so what's your next one oh then? sorry i turned off my phone um the next one was about this idea that we only use 10 percent of our oh, brains oh yeah i did see this yeah. one yeah but then and, I, yeah i skipped this one so so i never believed that i always mm-hmm. thought I think I said this on another podcast, uh, when, the one I did with Nikki uh, many years ago, Nilpod, where we were talking about, I remember thinking, if you think that, you probably are on YouTube. Because then would like injuries to the head be a lot less to worry yeah. about? <laughs> you know, yeah, they just be, only, just this yeah. little part over here. Did you get the good 10%? No, yeah. you're fine. So a big like, spike through your head is not causing any problems. Yeah, because no, I, I saw this last night and I didn't look at it because I had a feeling actually that maybe you might have um, picked this one. So I was thinking, all right, I'll, I'll learn about it then. But I yeah. know there's been cases of, like, there was one, there's one famous case, isn't there, where... Um, it was a guy who I think was working on an oil rig or something yeah. in the twenties or thirties, yeah. and something went through his a big uh, metal pole went yeah, through, went his, through head. his head, and he survived, but his personality was completely his personality changed. Personality was changed, yeah. but yeah, it, like it literally went like through his forehead <laughs> oh, God, or, and out yeah. the back, yeah. and he was kind of he was a bit crankier, yeah, as he would be, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Just had a really yeah. bad headache. Yeah, did you ever did you take it taking the thing out? <laughs> yeah. just you just saw it off the ends of it, left I'm it just in. Just imagining him walking around with this big <laughs> sorry, hole in sorry. his head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. The uh, the thing that I we kind of briefly read last yeah. night about it was saying that if that was the case, then yeah, you could just yeah. have a lot of brain injury and gunshot to the head. You'd be. But then there are I don't know if you've seen them. People who have had traumatic uh, brain injuries or skull injuries where. There's essentially a big chunk of their head missing. Right. Like if the skull is yeah. gone, and it's like a, it's like somebody has scooped oh. a big chunk of it out. Okay, and, and they they're largely functional, and yeah. they still they still you know maintain a lot of their personality and so. And this whole right. idea of a left brain and right brain that isn't really true. Oh, not there aren't okay. there are tasks that each side of the brain can do or learn to do just as well as the other. Right, there isn't okay. really. It's not really because then you'd have a real opportunity for making very certain things redundant with an injury to one specific side yeah. so it makes mm-hmm. sense for the both halves of the brain to be yeah well, you know, that's the thing yeah you know the equally functional if they need be you know? mm-hmm. yeah the other thing that i read was just that uh, it was saying that because the brain uses so much energy why would it spend why would it be using so much energy yeah. for just 10 percent? but also i think the, people would kind of think that the 90 percent 
was hiding all of these other magical abilities yeah, that we could unlock I th- I think it that's like telekinesis what, yeah, or you know mind reading or, or like what's that uh, that terrible film of Bradley Cooper in it where he takes oh yeah what was that called like, uh, Limitless yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah I never watched it just to me it looks yeah. terrible but is it, don't they actually say that fact in that film like you're only using 10% yeah. whereas now you can use and like 90% an, yes, <laughs> but there was another one uh, with Scarlett Johansson called Lucy oh, where right. she took a drug that would allow her to <clears throat> and basically gave her like these matrix like abilities like Keanu oh, Reeves right. and matrix where he could kind of slow down time and oh, okay, perceive right. things at a much uh, faster rate than oh, everyone else I didn't else. know that's what that film was about it's, right. it's as bad as it sounds okay you know? yeah I'd say this but that's, I'm supposed to like I suppose when people take drugs though like probably for a couple of hours you do feel like oh, you're yeah. like a superhuman and you can do things yeah. but then you have the big come down then afterwards but also these people recovering. yeah and the people who think I guess not to deny they haven't had an experience but it, they, like somehow the universe has opened up to them a little mm-hmm. bit it all still happened inside yeah, your head the like universe it. is way out there you didn't connect to it uh-huh, it's, yeah. it's a little movie playing in your head that yeah, you know, yeah. and you know I'm sure that's great but you know keep it in perspective yeah. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you didn't connect with the earlier. universe because you took a mushroom so, so my next one then is that so there's obviously the the idea out there that the tallest mountain on earth is mount everest but apparently that is not technically true yes did you hear this i i know this from being a kid but oh on. okay it's, it's in hawaii isn't it <laughs> it's said well no apparently it's not even in hawaii it's in ecuador oh, so is this it? is okay. what i didn't know that a lot of people think oh yeah it's not mount everest but it's actually a volcano but most of it's hawaii. underwater yeah but it's actually it's um in ecuador and it's called mount Chimborazo, Chimborazo, and right. it's located just one degree south of the equator where Earth's bulge is greatest. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's got to do with the fact that it's where the they measure it from. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. It's like due to the Earth's bulge, the summit of Chimborazo is over six thousand eight hundred feet far, farther from the center of the Earth than Everest Peak. So technically, that makes it closer to the stars from Earth. Right, but so. why are they saying it's not the tallest mountain? Is it because right. it, because the bulge gives it like a leg up in a way? Um, it's yeah. It said that uh, it's the highest because Everest is the highest point above global mean sea level. Right. But the summit of Mount Everest is not the farthest point from Earth's center because Earth is not a perfect sphere. Yeah. It's a bit thicker at the equator due to the central frugal force created by the planet's constant rotation. Because of this, <laughs> you really highest... weren't expecting that word, right? <laughs> yeah. like, because of the holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Because of this, um, the highest point above south of the equator, where or, I don't know something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Ecuador, right? Okay? <laughs> but I think it is that maybe they're using that bulge at the at the center of the the equator to say that this is it's got a leg up. Yeah. It's, it's standing on the shoulder <laughs> yeah. of a hill or something like that. Yeah, maybe know? that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to research that more. Uh, that's not what we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've got you've got the proper stories. Yeah. I've got headlines. Um, so now, this is the other one that uh, I, I don't know if I ever, t- I've, I think I've got a pretty good radar for this because I'm always kind of interested in, you know, people talk about something has happened. There has to be something that affected it mm-hmm. and everything is kind of mechanical. This caused this <laughs> yeah. caused this, you know. Um, but it says the, the the urban myth is that women, if women live together their periods will synchronize. Oh, right. Have you heard about this? Yeah, like, because you, you hear about women syncing up all the time. I have Do never you know? experienced... Yeah, well, I say you hear of... I Yeah, as in, like, I would hear other women saying yeah. that, definitely. I've never experienced it. But is it not just that 
it's not a coincidence more like well i always thought so but then yeah. i thought and loads of people are saying it and they're talking about it on tv a lot so maybe yeah. it is a thing so apparently think, apparently it isn't it's oh, apparently okay. it's not a thing. and then you kind of go well how would it work if you know how would I never one woman's body know that another woman's yeah. body and what would be the what would be the benefit of it? Yeah. No, I never you understood know? how... Yeah, because there would have to be some sort of benefit in order for your body yeah. to do... And also, yeah, how would your body know? So, but then, I don't know... But there could be pheromone. a pheromone. There could be, uh, you <laughs> know, there could like be... That. I don't know. So so you, you've heard that it's not true? Yeah. That, okay. That, yeah. Right. They, okay. they were saying that, you know, uh, it, it's it, the most likely explanation is usually the true one. And coincidence is Coincident, more likely because right. okay. you know, they've never been able to replicate those results, and all the evidence seems to be anecdotal. I don't think they've ever gotten a yeah. hundred women in a house and see what happens. Right. You know, because even if you do that, there's probably going to be a good chunk of them who are synchronized anyway. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's uh, anyone's cycle is is so exact yeah, that, that yeah, there might be a period where everybody period where yeah. everybody lines up. I didn't mean it like that. Where everybody lines up. And then yeah. the next one is slightly off yeah, and then they drift apart also, and then you know, eventually back in again. Yeah, you know? depending on the woman, it can last for up to a week. So, you know, yeah. you're, there's only four weeks in a month. It's not yeah. that out yeah, of the It's not like they're once a year where they've, yeah. they're, they're lining up, you know. Yeah, so, no, funny, I'd never, I've often heard of that. I'd never experienced it myself and I did wonder, like, I, I actually always meant to look that up and think, like, yeah. how? Because I thought, when I thought it was true, I was thinking, that's yeah. fascinating. How can that be true? I couldn't understand But the only reason work. that it would be I guess if there was some biological uh, benefit yeah. from it, yeah, and, and the only thing be. would be like for competition for men. you know men, yeah, you know, it's the only thing that it could be, and like Maybe. we're not so we're not so evolved from our our ancestors that we're in any way biologically different. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there was a program on many years ago with this a, a British geneticist, and he's he's basically a, a doctor family fertility and all of that stuff but he was saying that if you took somebody born fifth a, a child um or sorry a woman or a man born fifty thousand years ago mm-hmm. and brought them here they could mate with the people here the, right, biologically yeah. not enough time has passed to make us incompatible yeah. you know mm-hmm. so i think a lot of the things that we have you know are still left over oh, yeah. yeah definitely so maybe but then yeah, again, you would have to have a lot of people for that to be yeah, beneficial. That's the thing. I, you know? I still don't know how that would be beneficial yeah. unless it was more like one man going to a whole lot of women and they, like a line of women and they were all fertile at the same yeah. time. But that's not going to work either. Yeah. <laughs> Take it from me. Yeah. <laughs> the second one. Oh. Yeah. Uh, see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So that's not true. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Right. But there's no okay. evidence to support it. Right. Either. Okay. So. My next one then is the uh, the myth kind of or the assumption that Gray, uh, Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. Right. Apparently, it wasn't him. It was actually an Italian man called Antonio Mucci, and it's actually a really sad story. But it was sad with a happy ending. In two thousand two, apparently, Italy. Uh, the U.S. Congress recognized that actually this oh, okay. Italian immigrant created the telephone. It was the first inventor of the telephone. Did he invent Antonio. it in? Italy. In Italy, yeah, right. he did, yeah, apparently. So what happened was, um, he had an, apparently had an extraordinary and tragic career, but he had an apparatus or whatever, an invention called the, the Teletrofono, and it was demonstrated in New York in 1860. <laughs> <Sounds like you laughs> so this, this man is the inventor of the telephone. 
But Bell, Alexander Graham Bell, little sneak, was mm. sh- sharing the lab, lab- laboratory, the lab <laughs> with him, the lab room with him, yeah. and he had access to all of Mucci's materials. Yeah, and right. then he took out the patent 16 years later, and Mucci couldn't afford the 250 needed for right. a definite patent. So in 1871, he filed a one year renewable notice instead, but then three years later, he couldn't even afford to renew it. So then he sent a model and the technical difficulties, sorry, the technical details to the Western Union Telegraph Company, but he failed to in a meeting with the executives because probably because he was an Italian immigrant and then when he asked for his materials to be returned in 1874 he was told they'd been lost and then two years later Alexander Graham Bell who shared a lab with him filed a patent for a telephone he became a celebrity and made a lucrative deal with Western Union so he stole his idea basically I think there's a long history of it is it Marconi the other guy is... there's somebody else Tess, Tesla didn't he isn't the, the, well, no Tess is the current guy electricity but yeah. wasn't it wasn't there another was Thomas that, Edison was, yeah he's, he's and the light bulb yeah yeah and again like he did he steal a load of ideas I think well? he did yeah I think there was I think you can look that up he was yeah he did there is a question over whether he invented the light bulb I think he invented it in the form we recognize today right okay but you know like like uh, Graham Bell he was standing you know on the research of other people and then maybe made that final step but okay. it was it was <clears throat> kind of sneaky as right, well. Okay. And I think, um, is it, what's his name? John Logie Baird is the one who's supposed to invent the television. Oh, right, okay. Uh, but Marconi gets the credit, or is it oh, the other okay, way around? Right. Who invented television? <laughs> John Logie Baird, is that his name? Baird. Oh, Baird. <laughs> You're taking a Yogi Baird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny name. Is that where that And his partner, Boo Boo, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I can't see it there anyway. But yeah, there's right. a lot of inventions yeah, no, that I are questioned that. like that. Yeah. yeah, and scientists as well have yeah. stolen other people's research and things yeah. like that. Yeah, and a lot of things are being worked on in parallel. I mean, I think there was, even with, um, what's his name, Darwin and his theory of evolution, mm-hmm. there was somebody that he knew who was about to publish the exact same thing and just mm-hmm. Darwin got there first, you know? Yeah, I would imagine that actually does happen. Yeah. I would imagine money has got a lot yeah. to do with it. And yeah, like I said, I've been before the, the, the patent application. Yeah. But also, this, all this research doesn't happen in a vacuum. Like, they are sharing yeah. ideas. They're yeah, just true. common knowledge. Yeah. And no, that's true. They're logical yeah. next steps in some ways. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good one. So that's, that's my, my one. What's uh, your next that's one there, next Larry? one. Flicking between apps here. Where am I? <laughs> here we go. Um, there aren't different sections of your tongue for different tastes. Had you heard of this, oh, that I there are certain parts yeah, of your tongue? That like, yeah, that like the, the tip of your tongue like is for sour, sour things and, and then, stuff, yeah. and the back of your tongue Sweet is for, yeah, and the sides do something else. There aren't. They all kind of oh, do the same thing. You know? Right, okay. Um, there might be areas that are slightly more sensitive than others. You right. know, sometimes if you taste something sour, you do feel it in the back of yeah, your But that's because it goes in, it's your saliva gland that's been affected oh, by okay, it. okay, right. And right. you do feel it there in the corners of your jaws, almost below your ears. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, your, your, your tongue is not, it's very sensitive. It has so many nerve endings, yeah. but not as specific to taste, you know, right, as people okay. that would lead, lead oh. you to believe. And that was another thing I, I heard about, um, what are they called? Sommeliers? The guys who uh, are wine experts. Yeah, such a funny name. <laughs> but they they don't have great powers of smell. They don't have really defined uh, above average sense of smell than mm-hmm. you or I would have. They have the exact same sense of smell. Mm-hmm. But what they're training is in describing. 
right. the sounds. So okay. they they, they yeah. can they have a wide knowledge of wine and they've mm. they've been trained to describe it. Right. But they do, they're not tasting yeah, things that not... you and you and I aren't. Oh, okay, you know? right. So they've, yeah. they've probably tasted a lot of wine and are able to take their time with it. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah. Focus on it, but yeah, I'd know. also imagine it's one of those things that it's probably things that we just don't even pay attention to when we're tasting yeah, things. Whereas yeah. if you got used to actually paying attention to, oh yeah, what how does this feel in my mouth or yeah. what you know what kind of taste? Yeah. It's like the same with like with music. Like I I'm I'm not great at picking out instruments and in music, but for leaving certain music, that's one of the things you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. pick out instruments so there was a time where I got quite good okay. at that because we did it over and over yeah. every week yeah. so you can kind of train yourself to sort mm. of get good at yeah. these things but and you I just recognise certain frequencies or whatever but I think mm. I would be like one of the worst sommeliers ever right. because I've tasted wine you know I don't like it but I've tasted it many times over the years yeah. it never changed from that winey taste <laughs> right. it's just what just are people tasting like that I am not tasting <laughs> Did you when you had your first glass of red wine ever? Oh yeah, I thought it was. Was hard. it nice? No, oh no, the first. Then I took why me, is it nice now? What I has don't changed? Know, but it is nice now, though. It is like I'd love a glass now. It's. Really <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any. Now that you mention it, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it is. It's definitely, and I remember at the time whoever gave it to me. Uh, they were like, "Don't! It's an acquired. You will end up loving this. I promise you will." And I did. I and they don't. were right. I prefer to white wine now. There's, but it was definitely the first. Also one. horrible. Now, people have said that about Guinness. I can't ever see myself liking Guinness. Guinness also horrible. I guess. <laughs> see, Most I, alcoholic drinks are horrible. Yeah, a lot of them are. But wine, I have. But it's obviously it must be something to do with my brain. I've obviously tricked my brain into thinking I yeah. like that taste. But no, do you, do you know what it is? Sorry, I, I think it's probably that I associate the taste with something good because. I, my brain knows it's going to give me a nice buzzy feeling right. so I think that might have but at the same time I still don't feel that way about Sambuca I still yeah. hate Sambuca I hate licorice yeah. anything that tastes like licorice so that but was there ever a drink that you tasted for the first time and you just thought it was nice straight away beyond yeah, like getting used to wine probably like yeah no the wood like those some of those really sweet ones because they just taste anything like is sweet, sweet things, like a cider yeah. or something is kind of instantly yeah. nice on a, a sunny day or something but, yeah yeah but anything else lager is just awful oh no stuff. beer i hate beer like, i don't awful. think i would beer actually makes me feel really sick and quite yeah. bloated and that so i don't think i'd ever like that i don't think i'd ever like guinness i don't like things with hops in it yeah. at all my but, brother gave me a beer once it was michelob or something like that and I remember thinking it was really nice. I was surprised how right. nice it was. It wasn't sweet or whatever. It was just it just didn't have that harsh taste that beer has. You know? Yeah, I think I remember having a Smithwick's before. I mean, like a couple of sups of yeah, it, and thinking, yeah. well, this is definitely nicer than other things yeah, that I've yeah. tasted. But I, I still wouldn't be you know, ordering know. a pint of Smithwick's yeah, in a in a I pub. Just don't know what everyone else. The is red tasting. wine, though, I think yeah. maybe at every podcast I we should have a yeah, glass of red wine. wine. Yeah, eventually, nice, by the end yeah. of it, you'll love it. Yeah. Okay, we're on twenty-two minutes that'll now. Be, uh, that'll be the beginning of the end for <laughs> yeah. me. You know? yeah. Yeah, people will be able to trace it back to this day that's how it all started uh, okay, okay so uh, am I next yeah, yeah okay next. so everyone thinks the driest place on earth is the Sahara Desert or the Atacama but it's actually not the driest place on earth is in Antarctica in an area called the Dry Valleys listen to this hasn't seen any rain for nearly 2 million years wow yeah, oh my God. there's absolutely no precipitation in this region and it makes up a 4,800 square kilometre region of almost no water, ice or snow. Wow. And that's, that's in amazing. Antarctica. Yeah, I guess because uh, Antarctica is south. 
Yes. So yeah, there's, lo- there's less snow there than you would yeah, think. Yeah, it's, it's more up still. in the Arctic, isn't it? Yeah, but I did read about, is it the Atacama? Yeah, in Peru. That, and that the Atacama Peru. is so sterile that you could do surgery there. It's more sterile than an operating oh. theatre because bacteria can't live oh, in those so temperatures. Hot, right. Because it's so, well, yeah. it's so cold at night. It's so cold oh, okay, there yeah, yeah. that they can't... Uh, they can't live. Oh, okay. You know, so good to um, know if we if, if you're ever in a terrible accident, then you need some surgery. Yeah, that is the next one. The next place is um, Atacama, and then um, the Sahara Desert. Right. after that, yeah. And okay. what was, there was something else that was. I think you were saying that the moon is technically a desert as well. Oh, I think I've yeah. heard that before. Oh, just random fact about the moon. Sorry. Just before <laughs> the mo- did you know that you can fit all of the planets of the solar system between the Earth and the moon? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that because. Uh, <laughs> I remember I looked up, I was wondering how far the, I remember hearing that the, the trip to the moon took days, like three or four days yeah, or yeah. maybe more, but it's a quarter of a million miles away. Right. You know, so they were saying, yeah. I, I remember Brian Cox was saying he had a, he had a basically something like an orange mm-hmm. and he was getting people to take this like a, a marble and say, right, this is the earth and this is the moon mm-hmm. so in terms of proportional distance from yeah. each other. Place so people would have the orange, and about six inches away, yeah. they'd have the marble. That's what I would have But it actually, yeah. it's like a mile down the road. Yeah, <laughs> you know? can see it so clearly then, because the moon isn't that big. Well, um, you know, they know it's big, but it's like yeah. it's only what a third of the size of Earth or something. Maybe, I'm making that yeah, up, but maybe, something like maybe that. Less, yeah. yeah, so uh, how can we can see it so clearly then? Well, I guess because. I mean, relative to a star, it's very close. You know? I suppose stars are so far away. And also, yeah. you know, I don't think we have any real appreciation of how big the Earth is because we yeah, only see our little true. corner of it. Yeah, and then but, we compare it next to like yeah. Jupiter and stuff. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we're you think how far Jupiter is away from us and it only just looks like a star. Yeah. But yet it could fit between us and the, uh, I know, and the moon. That's you know? meant, I just, when I heard that, I had to look it up first of all because I didn't believe the person <laughs> who told me. Mind blown. Yeah, I was just like, what? So, There's yeah. a great, if you, I, I couldn't tell you exactly who did it, but if you look up on, in, on Google, um, basically what, what the Earth would look like with all of the planets where the moon is. And so, right. so you Saturn in the sky, oh, how big yeah. that would look oh, if it was yeah. It's amazing. It's that. amazing. Oh, yeah. I must look that up. That'd yeah, be really, really I'm assuming it. the whole sky would just oh, be Oh, it's covered. just incredible. Like, it's just, yeah. You, you, just you almost have to, thing. it just fills your field of vision. You, right. know? you almost have to look sideways to see anything else. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> Get out of the way. Um, <laughs> okay. Saturn. What's your next one? We're on 25, but let's keep going. Well, I raced through my last... Okay. Great. Grant, so yeah. right, swallowing chewing gum does not stay in your system for seven years, oh, and it does, okay. and it doesn't gum up your inside to ah, see either. You know, good to know, it's but just yeah. food; it goes straight through. But why do they tell you not to swallow them? <coughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, we don't I don't know where that came from. Get stuck somewhere. If you but did, why, rather than than anything else, it's sticky. It is sticky, but it doesn't stick to your teeth to the point you can't get it off. Yeah, true. You know? Okay, good But it's just know. we hear these things and go, okay. Maybe you know? it's just because you're more likely to choke on it or something because it could get caught in your throat. So that's but why they just it, tell it's people. It's soft. Because you can't break it down with, say, like, you can't take chunks off. I don't know. No, it, I, maybe it, what, it's a safety thing. That's why people it, don't. I think it would take it would take maybe that long to break down in your stomach. Okay. But it doesn't get the chance. Right. You know, it's oh, okay. with everyone right. else. Okay. Um, <laughs> this, remember that this idea that sharks don't get cancer? Oh, I never heard, heard that before. Uh, it's basically sharks don't have any bones. Right. All of their their skeleton is made of cartilage, which the same stuff for your ears and your nose are kind of made of. But um, there was a trade in um, shark cartilage, 
as a cure for cancer. Right. And this was the bullshit rumor oh, that they okay. came up with. A sharks right. don't get cancer, so if you eat their, oh, their cartilage, right, okay. you won't either. Oh, is that um, why they kill them all to get, make like cartilage and That and shark and fin soup. Shark yeah. Fins, yeah. And uh, so my final one is caffeine does not dehydrate you. Have you heard this idea that caffeine dehydrates it you? It does dehydrate you. No, it's, <laughs> but it's in a drink that is 99% water. Yeah. It can't dehydrate to the point where it cancels out the does, water it's does in. It make you, what does it do then? Does it make you more thirsty or something? There's definitely some... Because even when I was going to the doctor during the summer about mm. my headaches and she was telling me to drink more water and she said, be careful of tea and that because I know there's water in them but they actually do dehydrate you. I like, think there is a tiny amount... Uh, it's, it is a, what they call a diuretic. Yeah. There is a tiny amount of that in it but you would have to be drinking in massive quantities. Okay. To, but even then, you're I drinking massive quantities of water. Then. Like it's nowhere near as... Um, dehydrating as alcohol I think I think alcohol is a lot no, more dehydrating yeah and also alcohol will lower your defences your immune system a little bit okay yeah uh, that's the bit. thing I, I never really understood how tea was dehydrating though I just kind of again just took it as fact I don't I don't think it is because you know what would you have to add to a glass of water where a glass of water is not hydrating yeah, to you? Yeah, I don't, Do you know, what I mean? I don't it's like, know. Yeah. The water's still there. No matter what you put in it, you're still taking that much I'm water. I'm trying to remember. Was there something that she said about that or did she follow that up with something? Look, Maybe she was only talking about alcohol, actually. Somebody has but... to finish bottom of the doctor class. Yeah. You know? True, true. <laughs> um, uh, I'm just going to look it up. Okay. Uh, Right, for, for, for the tea and coffee thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, was that, were they... Drinking caffeine containing beverages part of a normal lifestyle doesn't cause fluid loss in excess of the volume ingested. While caffeinated drinks may have a mild diuretic effect, meaning that they may cause the need to urinate, they don't appear to increase the risk of dehydration. Maybe that's it, that you pee more when you drink it. It's, I think that's one of the main reasons with alcohol is that you, you but I also hear that people who have like coffee and a muffin for, for breakfast are straight in for a poo soon afterwards you hear this kind of idea of bran muffins and, and coffee are really good for your oh I think it does have that effect on some people I must have an iron constitution. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't do it for me. No, I think it does. Like, it takes a lot more than that I to think, get things I moving. think for some people, coffee's like a laxative, pretty much. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. That's but uh, <laughs> is coffee a laxative <laughs> or diuretic? It's right here. Good for most know. people, the caffeine in coffee is simply a mild diuretic. Uh, but some people are especially sensitive, so they'll experience more of a laxative effect. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that. All right. I don't drink coffee, so I don't know. But that's yeah. not the start now. Or it could be an interesting experiment. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're somebody who hasn't had coffee. You get results by yeah. this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. so were they all your ones? That's all mine. Okay, so I only have two. I have one here. George Washington was not the first American president, but I actually don't know the really the research behind that. There was basically like another Congress before the actual. Right. Doesn't matter. I don't know enough information. Don't about ask it. questions. Don't well. stop asking. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last two then now these are slightly different but you know this old adage or whatever that children come first like you know in a, if you have children and whatever else you know they're, they're the most important thing in the family and all that say mm. if you're married to someone I don't agree with that at all I think if you're married I think if you're married or you're still with the person that you've had a child with I think your partner should come first I'm not that I mean like if there was like a life or death situation <laughs> give, me a, give me a situation that, that no, you know, I just mean to. I just mean like obviously if it's a thing of like you have to choose between your partner and your kids yeah pick your kids because you're going to look like an idiot if you don't oh, I mean, because of how you'll be perceived no I know 
like they come first in terms of safety and all that. I totally yeah. get that. But I just mean that like it seems like there's a lot of people who really do put their their whole lives are centered around their kids, mm. and then they kind of completely forget about their partner, and then their kids grow up and go and go off to I don't know college or wherever they well, go to, and yeah. then they're like, I think that's why a lot of a lot of oh, it's, like, it relationships is. fall apart because they put too much effort into the kids yeah. and rather than rather than they build their lives around the kids rather than building the the kids into their lives that they have yeah. already there is a there is a big chunk of it where it's just so all consuming mm. that there isn't time no for i know i'm sure at the very it, it beginning is, of that a, yeah a decision as such, yeah but, uh, but I, th- I just yeah. think this whole thing of like you know the children come first it's like what do they though <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Because we're like, glad we don't have a lot of listeners. Like, okay. <laughs> I deal with hate now. I look forward to one you. And then the final <laughs> one then is um, this idea, this idea that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's bullshit. You can teach an old dog new tricks. I only started cycling two years ago. Now, I can't cycle That's at the moment because I trick, have an injury. Because <laughs> I'm old. No, the injury was always there. But right. no, I just this, this idea that like you can do less as you get older. I don't think that's true at all. If oh, anything, no, I think I'm trying not. more things no. as I get older. I mean, there is, there, there is a, a, a period of time when, like say for music for argument's sake, that if you pick it up earlier, yeah. your brain is, like the, the, you see these amazing piano players at five years old. Yeah. And their <laughs> their brains are going through the most uh, change that they'll ever go through in their lives. Yeah, yeah. So they're it, they're just it's not that they're better. It's just that their brain is more open to it at that point, and you know neurons are being or pathways are being formed that you know are easy to form now. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just a matter of getting them at that time. It's not that they'll necessarily be good at it, but it's probably if you had to pick a best time to start, it would be that. But there is no, I don't believe there's any truth and it's too late to start a thing. Yeah, too, that's the thing. There is know. kind of, now I know that idea is kind of going now, which I think is great. And yeah. you know, the, the idea of somebody being old, you know, even by the time they're in their 50s, it's just yeah. out the window now. Like yeah, that's yeah. just not a thing anymore, yeah, which I think is God. great. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the last two, they were more kind of, uh, I suppose, philosophical ones in a way, but these kind of notions out there. Mm. I'm yeah. right about the children thing though. I just have to raise down on that one. <laughs> and I remember finally, I'll say about this, I remember watching an interview with Stephen King years ago it was like a short documentary about Stephen King it was very good actually um, but he was saying that uh, you know there's some writers he knows out there who they're like you know I'm a writer first and then I'm a father and then I'm a husband or whatever mm. else and he and, and everything but they were like a writer first and he was like no first of all I'm a husband like that's yeah, my yeah. but that is the most important thing to me and then I'm a father and then I'm a and then I'm a whatever else and then I'm a writer because I have to be all those things yeah. to be a writer but I just thought it was interesting that he was like no my, my, my relationship with my wife is the most important not that it should be more yeah. important than the relationship with your children I just think sometimes there's a chance that some people put too much importance the only children and they become too obsessed with them. Sure, way, absolutely. You know? But I think the only distinction I'd make there for him is that your relationship with your wife is not guaranteed. Mm. And it, it could change. Your relationship or with your children insofar as you're their father and they're your children. That will never change. Yeah, yeah. But your relationship with your wife. But that's why I think sometimes you have to work on yeah. that more than the one. That, the yeah. kids are always going to be there. They're always going to be looking for money. They're always going to be, you know, they're yeah. going to be around. Your wife or your husband or your partner or whatever else, if you're still with them, you know, you have to put time and effort into oh, that. Of course, I just of think course. sometimes people completely neglect yeah. that that relationship because Definitely. they're putting so much time and effort yeah. into the kids. But then also, I guess we're getting into a different area, but it's like the idea that. Um, that people have a partner for life 
Mm. It just seems yeah, it doesn't a, really... an unreal pressure to, or an unreal yeah. ex, not an unreal expectation. You can expect it if you want to, but it's like um, it's like that's what we've been fed for so long, and that's what we all yeah. aspire to. But mm-hmm. but the idea that one person is gonna for your whole life, yeah, it's actually quite unrealistic in a way. It yeah. is, but it's a lot of un- unrealistic pressure in a sense, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, good yeah, luck to people true. who can do it, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I do agree. I think there there are people who will say kids are everything, and once they're taken care of, them if there's time left, yeah, we'll look that's, at the relationship that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's it. I mean, I I think people should skew their their efforts a bit more. Priorities a little bit, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so so you hear that? People don't with children. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. That's yeah. great. So on thirty-five minutes. Thirty-five so not minutes. Too bad. Only still ten minutes. Yeah, still a lot, a lot shorter than all the rest. Yeah. Of so. So we don't know what we're doing for our next round. No, we, we, so we don't know what we're, we're doing, doing for our next podcast. We don't either. For our 35 listeners, we'll, uh, yeah. they, they know what we're like at this 35? point. 35? Do we have is 35? 35? I think it is, yeah. Oh my God. It might be more. It might be 50-something wow. unique listeners. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it probably sounds very sad that we're impressed by that, you know. <laughs> But we appreciate every one of them, given Definitely. that we probably know every one of them. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's great. All right. Until okay. next time. 